say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. she just decided she was going to stage dive at a Nora Jones concert. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Not no. the time nor the place. No, no. Seriously. I don't know what she's thinking. Get it together. <laughs> stage dive Nora Jones. <laughs> Those two words have never been put together before. And then they moshed at a dashboard confessional show. <laughs> I mean, that's not that bad. Imagine somebody... <laughs> Like skanking, like do you remember yeah. what skanking was? <laughs> Welcome to Paranormal Guys, skanking where to we Nora like to Jones. skank to Nora Jones. Uh, it's us. I'm I'm Nicolina. <laughs> I'm Marie, and uh, we're back with another episode. And you're fucking welcome. Because <laughs> <laughs> guys, this is this is gonna be a tough one to get through. Oh my god! For many reasons. No, it's gonna be oh, good. Gosh. It was yeah. Even even Nicolina's dog is exhausted. He's exhausted. He just came over and plopped down with his bone. We really prepared for this episode. It was a lot of took prep. an hour and a half. It was a lot of prepping. Yeah, and because Marie decided to come up with great. the the easiest theme for the day. It was easy. You were googling the wrong things. I was Google. Well, listen. I guess. I just didn't know what you really were looking for, I guess. Well, we might as well just tell them the theme now. Yeah, the theme is is imaginary friends that are actually ghosts. Yeah, that kids have. We're like, oh, it's just my imaginary friend. Did you ever have an imaginary friend? No, so that's the thing. Like, I don't understand. I did. Speaking, okay. Speaking of which, the last episode, I talked about how I was going to see a psychic. Yeah. And part of, so I went and it was amazing. But one thing she said was, did your grandfather, my, the one who passed away, well, both of them passed away, but I think she went on my dad's side. Um, did he ever, like, did you ever talk, do you remember talking to him ever? And I said, no, he died when I was six months old. And she's like, well, he's telling me that he came to visit you mm-hmm. and that you would talk to him. And your mom asked you like who you were talking to. And you said that man. And I was like, oh, like, I I don't remember this. And she goes, ask your mom. And so I asked my mom and she's like, no, you just had those two imaginary friends, which I did. Right. And their names were fucking ridiculous, but their (laughs) names were Dickia and Dorman. Oh. And then I was like, Dorman, that man. Dorman, that man. Yeah, that could be that man. I don't know. But regardless, that was just a weird thing. Yeah. So when I was little... Mm-hmm. They used to, because my cousin had an imaginary friend, mm-hmm. like a serious, I forget her fucking name. It was like Penelope or something. Nice. And so we were born on the same day, my cousin and I, mm-hmm. but eight years apart. Mm-hmm. But we were born August 8, 1980 and then 1988. Yeah. Uh, like the same day. So eight years, eight, eight, eight months. Eight, 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 yeah. Eight. Oh my God. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I was born also eight days early. So that was kind of oh weird too. Yeah, so it was a weird coincidence, but so she had this really serious imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. So they all assumed that I would as have an imaginary as friend well. as well. Right. Um because we are we were the only two cousins born at the time. Got it. Anyway, so my aunts would be like, Nicolina, do you have an imaginary friend? I'd be like, No, I don't think so. I'm like not I a fucking weirdo. I'm not a no, fucking <laughs> crazy person but like so they would like invent them for me and I'd be like shut and I'd be like yeah I see I see it too Uh uh-huh I'm like these fucking people are nuts get me out of here I I have to go home I have to go home to my real job and my (laughs) I have to go live my life like an adult like not you crazies over here fucking imaginary children one time i'm four years old just criticizing all of them you fucking idiots (laughs) you absolutely 
absolute fucking new You fucking tools. <laughs> Bye. Good luck with your lives. What people didn't see there was you tossing up the peace sign. <laughs> like, walk storming out of the room. Yeah. Um, that just reminded me, like, I gotta go to my job. <laughs> One time in high school, one of my old friends was on the phone with this guy. Yeah. She did not want to be on the phone with him anymore. So she's like, <laughs> all right, I gotta go water my cat. And he was like, oh, okay. Wait, what? And she <laughs> Nice. Cool. Basically, though, like, come on, Auntie Josie, get out of here. Auntie Josie. Auntie Josie, listen. stop trying to project Just your imaginary children get on me. Get out of town and take a bus. I so I feel like I, because I went to see that psychic, I have to give some information about what happened. Yeah, no, give um, away. So let's start with, I literally sit down. I've like, I literally called Nicolina when I got home. So yes. I already heard yeah. this, but. But I want to hear it again. I sat down with her. And immediately she's like, oh, your nunna is here. Your nunna just came through. And a golden retriever came for some reason. Belle. And I was like, oh my God, my first dog ever was Belle. Yeah. Like Beauty and the Beast. I honestly, when and you told me that, I was like, retriever. I didn't even know Belle was not even here anymore. What? Like, I just she assumed, would have been like, like 22 years I old. I know. I know. I'm just stupid. I just assume that. I don't know. I just remember I her very vividly. That's I all. I know. She was such a sweetie pie. Anyway, so yeah. So I was like, oh my God, like, that's crazy. Like, there's no way. And also like so many people, not so, not that I told so many people what had happened, but a lot of the people that I told or sorry, some of the people that I told were like, she probably Googled you and researched you. She had a whole year because she books like, I it took that is a long time. Yeah, that is a long time. And I was just like, mm, I booked it using, like I booked it using my maiden name. Oh. And online. Oh. I like my, all my social media where you can really get information about me. Yeah. Is my married name. Yeah. So I don't think that she could have done a lot of research on me. Not about the things she talked about. Like, if she looked at my name using the name that I... Yeah, get booked, it, booked with. it with. She would have found, like, I went to school for journalism. She would have found my portfolio. She would have found a ton of other shit. But she didn't bring up any of that. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a that. lot of things online that, that could have... That are more likely she would have found than the things that were said to you. Yeah, and, like, what else can I talk about? Like, I don't want to get into specifics. I don't want to... Like, I mean, there was that, there was, um, my grandmother that passed away said that, um, she's excited for the baby. Right. And my cousin is pregnant. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And like, she is that something Googleable? Absolutely not. Like what cousin? She would have never, like, that's the thing too. It's like my cousin's last name is it's so not different. My, it's not the same as my maiden name. No. It's not the same as my married name. I don't even know who like, it is. No, exactly. So like she would have never known that. No. Like that's literally she doesn't this cousin also doesn't have social media. Like she so, couldn't yeah. have found that. No. And she's like she says she's excited for the baby. And then she said something like, which what are, who are the two cousins that don't talk that stop talking to each other? And, that, and was, that was me and her, because her and I had like a little like a brief falling out. Okay about a misunderstanding and then I was like oh that was me and my cousin and she said but you guys are talking now like you guys fixed that and I, like a while ago and I said yeah yeah and she goes oh your nana's just happy that you guys like resolved it right 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 yeah just shit like that and like there was like um a decision I had made and I was like unsure if it was the right decision hmm. and she had pulled out these cards and she was like well the decision that you made like made your whole life better it made your relationship with your husband better it made like literally like this is what your life is about to look like pulled out all these tarot cards showing me like that the decision that I made was the right one and then she was like let's see what would have happened if you had yeah. made this other decision yeah and they were just like the blackest cards mm -hmm. like the darkest images I've ever seen and like I fucking shuffled the deck like she, and yeah she just pulled from the top like that was just what had happened so yeah it was like really interesting and um yeah it was cool cool um so I just had a thought, thought. Tell me more. um <laughs> with our horoscopes so mm -hmm. this horoscope reading that we have if you scroll down a bit yeah. you'll see the matches yeah I'd love if we could read our matches for the oh day oh my god we should 
Because sometimes, like, my friendship match is, like, you. And, like, sometimes, like, my love match is, is like, a guy that I'm talking to. And I'm, like, yep. I mean, it okay. changes, so okay. it's not. But, like, sometimes day to day, like, I'll be, like, talking to certain people. And I'm, like, oh, yeah, that's who I'm, that's who I'm talking to oh right now. I need to find out my, the, the horse, or the, sorry, ast- astrological signs of the people that I work with, my coworkers, yeah, so fair. that I can better handle yeah. myself around. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. Like my one coworker who got fired was a Leo as well as myself. Uh-huh. And I understood him probably more than a lot of other people who were got in the it. office. And I'm like, yeah, like, like, yes, he is a little bit like cocky in a way or like a little has a lot of ego Mm -hmm. but trust me he doesn't know that he's doing that right like he doesn't realize that he's being egocentric here he's just being like what he thinks is like he's probably not as confident as you think he is and he's not trying to step on like all over people or trying to make himself look like he's better he's probably just trying he's probably just insecure right and just wants to make sure that everyone values him which obviously they don't (laughs) fuck uh, well, do you want to read my horoscope? I do. Perfect. Okay. So, be more sensitive to other people's space today, Gemini. Respect their feelings and give them room to breathe. This is a great day to pursue creative projects. Do things involving art or music. Sing, play an instrument, or give your music collection a boost. There are opportunities open now that involve other people who share the same interests as, as you. You gonna go to Nora Jones later? I'm gonna fucking stage dive. <laughs> um, and your do you want me to do matches after? Uh, no, do them together. So your today's matches, your love matches are Aquarius. I don't even know an Aquarius. I think like my mom is an Aquarius, and God knows I love that woman. <laughs> <laughs> your friendship is Libra. Where's Katie at? Yeah, where's Katie at? <laughs> That's it. And your career is Scorpio. I don't really know what that means yeah, like, in terms of career. Like, like a co-worker? is a coworker going to be around that Scorpio? Right. Right. I have no idea. Like I, every day I'm going to have to go to work and be like, who's the Scorpio? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah, sitting yeah. next to you today. Yeah. Well, I'll fucking do that. Do that. I'm going to now. Okay. Well, yeah. regardless. Okay. So have you been sensitive oh. to people's spaces and respecting their feelings? And are you singing and playing an instrument right I now? I sang a lot today. <laughs> you have been singing a lot. I sang a lot, and today when I was singing in the shower, I was like, damn, my voice is coming back. Because for a while, it was not Dang. good. And I was, like, singing Julia Michaels, What a Time, in oh my the shower. God. And I was like, this two days, so babe, much two days. better. Yeah, this sounds so much better than it did the last time I sang this to myself in the shower. Wow. So, yeah, I was singing away. And, like, creative endeavors with our podcast. And I honestly feel like this episode is going to be a really good episode. Yeah, I have good feelings, too. Yeah, so... Um, so yeah, it rang true and respecting people's space. I don't know. Steven came home from work today and he's like, I have so much stuff I want to get done today around the house. And I was like, I'm out of your hair. See you later. Nice. And ran away. Cool. So yeah. So okay. that, that was, that works. We got to figure out the, the matches though. Cause like, yeah. yeah, you definitely need to know what your coworkers signs are if we're going to go there. And then I'm just going to sit next to whoever that is. Okay. Okay. Leo. All right. You may have to make some serious adjustments to your approach today in order to chime in with the energy of the group, Leo. Adopt a more inwardly directed attitude and see what you can learn by tuning into other subtle messages. The masculine and feminine sides of your nature are working harmoniously. You might find that they're both asking for a quiet night in. Today's matches. Love, Aries. Hmm. Friendship, Libra. Hmm. Career, Capricorn. So we really need Katie here to hang yeah, out with us. Yeah, we definitely need Libra. Yeah, friends. where is she? Well, she's at Nora Jones, guys. Stage diving. Um, no, we've been making kidding. fun of this for the whole fucking podcast so far. Um, yeah, me and Katie laid out for a bit today. We uh, oh, did some tanning. Now, Aries love. I have a lot of Aries friends, mm-hmm. but like all I remember of Aries is fucking Graham Hawkins. And I'm pretty sure Graham Hawkins is an Aries. And Lorenzo DeFelice is an Aries. So your two bullies. So my two bullies school. from elementary school are cool. my love interest. No. Oh, cool. um, <laughs> my dad is an Aries, but, and I, God knows I love him. Yeah. So. Well, there you go. There you go. And Capricorn career. So my mother is a Capricorn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, she's always thinking about my career. Hustling. Hustling. Always hustling for me to get that dollar. Um, As for, could you just read that first part again? Yes. You may have to make some serious adjustments to your approach today in order to chime in with the energy of the group. Hmm. Well, I haven't really been in a group setting because I work from home. Well, that means that you adopted a more inwardly directed attitude. I did. I did. I did. Honestly, today has been like, so my brother called me yesterday being like, Hi, um, so I accidentally uh, got the wrong bed from Ikea and I don't want to pay $40 to cab it back to Ikea and back. And I'm like, that would be $80, Mark. Yeah, like that's the cost of, of the bed. Yeah. Um, so no, you're not doing that. Yeah. And he's like, um, so I was wondering if you could bring me. I'm like, well, how long is this bed? And he was like, well, it's pretty long. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to need my dad's Jeep for this. Yes. Uh, let me get that done. Yeah. And then I'll call you and we'll do it. So I, I don't know. Like, and then he was like there and he's like, fuck it. I can't even find the one I want. Oh my God. Um, he's, like, he's like, this isn't it. Uh, I'm like looking around, like quietly looking, oh searching. And he's like, he's like high as shit. And I'm like, oh, Mark, no. get it together. Oh my, Mark. Marcus. That's Mark. not his name. His Figure name is just Mark. Out. Mark. Marcus. It's not Marcus. It's just Mark. But I anyway, I found it. I found the bed and we everything went well. And I was very diplomatic yet not aggressive about the whole thing, I'm which glad. I tend to be. I'm Yeah. No, no. You're not. No. No. No, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Well, that's exciting. I guess that was, I don't know. I'm so close to getting my money from the bank. And like the first thing I'm going to do is go to Ikea and just blow all of it. Man, there's so much nice stuff there for patios and like to get my patio. It was, I, it took a lot of self-restraint to not look around. I'm such a grown up. Um, I got ice cream though for him and I have to. Okay. We're going to start with your story. Yes, we are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh. All right, so the title of this story. I'm laughing at you, my friend. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get going. Giggity, giggity. Um, <laughs> so my daughter's imaginary friend turned out to be something a lot more horrifying than we first thought. I love how that's the title. Like, it's like 10 words long, and it's just like, no, we couldn't make that shorter. Like, I know. That's I know. just it. That's just it. That's it. Get ready. Okay. Because this one is a fucking roller coaster. So, um, it says it's about a week ago, but this was written four years ago. So we're okay. going to go with four years and a week four ago. Year- I was just going to say four years and a week ago. <laughs> a young man was stabbed eight times in my front yard. At the time, I was watching a movie in my living room. I heard some shouting outside, but I learned to ignore it. I don't live in the best of neighborhoods, and I'm not much for sticking my head outside just in time to be an accidental witness to a crime I don't want to be wrapped up in. Me either. Good call. Yeah. Although the, I... You would? A hundred percent would. I think that if I grew up in a rougher neighborhood, I wouldn't. Pro- yeah, if you're but used like, to that I'm shit, yeah. Sheltered. I'm very privileged and sheltered. Same. So I Same. would ever... Anytime I ever... At my parents' house backed onto a park. So if there were like teens getting drunk in the park at night, I would always be outside. Like, of course, looking yeah. At my window. Yeah, that's kind of entertaining. Yeah, like fucking weirdo. I'm such a weirdo. My neighbors have called the cops on their son like a couple times. Oh, my and like God. me and Katie have just kind of been like look peering out the window. But like yes. when it gets really obnoxious, we're like, uh, we don't want to be seen here. Yeah. Like we just need to back away. Yeah, yeah. That used to happen at my parents' house too. I'll never. Whatever, I'll never forget. Like the times I would hear the neighbors calling and oh having domestics. Yeah, yes. it's just unsettling. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, the movie ended and I saw a flashlight moving outside my window. I rushed outside with a baseball bat ready to clobber a burglar. Instead, I was met with about ten cops. Um, how can I help you, officers? I said, dropping my bat. Did you hear any shouting out here earlier? One of the officers closest to me asked. I could see. Some of my more intimidating neighbors scowling at me from across the street. No, sir, I haven't heard anything. I was inside watching a movie. It was real loud in there for a while. I quickly snapped. I don't know why this guy's snapping at cops and getting defensive. Like, he wasn't part of it. Jesus. Um, The group walked around me. Curious, I sat on my porch and lit a cigarette. So they're in his home now? Yeah, they're in his home. Okay, then I'd be mad. Yeah, I'd be like, why the fuck are you, why are you looking through my shit? I didn't do anything. Yeah, okay. So he's on his porch and he's lit a cigarette. 
I eavesdropped on the officers as they searched around my house for the assailant. He was long gone. After taking pictures of the street in front of my yard and searching the brush across the street, they headed back to their cars. As one of the cops was climbing into his vehicle, I heard him say something that sent chills down my back. I know, John, that house gives me the willies too. I can't believe they still rent that place. You remember those murders? The officer named John replied. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. They both exchanged looks before speeding off. I knew they were talking about my house. It explained a lot. Some strange things had happened in the past few months. My daughter, Emily, is three. She spends her days playing with an app on her tablet, learning her letters, or watching Zig and Sharko on Netflix. Nice. Shortly after we moved into the house... She started talking to what we assumed was an imaginary friend. One day while I was sitting on the sofa in the living room, I mentioned going into her room to grab her tablet. It was then that Emily said something I can't forget. It isn't safe, daddy. The ghost doesn't like you. Puzzled, I looked down at my little goober. What ghost, I asked. I call my dog a goober. Yeah. With the innocence one would expect from a toddler, she said in a cheerful, cheerful voice, the ghost in the room, she's she's sad. Oh, oh dear. dear. <laughs> My wife wasn't amused. She started nagging me about listening to creepy pasta narration when I was trying to fall asleep. She said it was convincing our daughter that there was a ghost in the house. That would have been a wonderful explanation if I didn't sleep with headphones in. Huh. Emily continued to play with her tablet as my wife and I discussed the reasons why I needed to be more careful what I listened to or talked about around the baby. A few months passed and we sort of got used to passing mentions of the ghost. Emily would say strange things, but there was no ominous feelings or cold spots in the house. Lights didn't flicker and objects didn't move on their own. In fact, aside from the odd statements Emily would make, there were no signs that there was anything wrong with the house at all. It became normal for her to talk about the ghost. After a while, the only response it would elicit from my wife and I was, that's nice, honey. Last month, my brother Kevin got out on parole. He just finished a seven-year sentence for manslaughter. With nowhere else to go, I let him crash on my couch for a while. My wife wasn't happy about having a killer around Emily, but he proved to be a boon. Emily was a tad behind on potty training, Kevin, who had a daughter of his own, proved to be very helpful in getting her to use the toilet. He cleaned, cooked, and in many ways made up for the dent he made on our budget on our budget by being a phenomenal house guest. One evening, Kevin emerged from the bathroom in just a towel. I think the wiring is bad in the bathroom. I was taking a shower and the light just flickered out, he said. He stumbled into the back room to get dressed and I went into the bathroom to check the to check the light fixture. I flipped the switch and the light came on just fine. I chalked it up to faulty wiring and put in a call to the landlord. He said he'd send the maintenance guy in about a week. I sighed and went about my evening routine of browsing the internet and listening to Spotify. The next day, I was driving Kevin to a job interview with Emily behind me in her booster seat. We stopped at a light and she piped up. You're gonna die, Uncle Kevin. The ghost said something about an eye in your eye. Oh my God. Do you mean an eye for an eye? I asked. Yeah, that's it. Emily excitedly responded. Excited. <laughs> like what? That's when things started getting bad. One morning, he showed up to the breakfast table looking like he hadn't slept a wink. I asked him if he was back on drugs and he gave me the finger. He leaned over his cup of coffee. I couldn't stay asleep, he said. I kept having these fucked up dreams and then I'd wake up to someone knocking on the back door. I'd open it up and no one was there. What kind of dreams, bro? I asked. He sighed. I kept dreaming of Melanie. I shook my head. It was an accident. You need to let that go. Melanie was Kevin's wife. They got into an argument and in the process of their fight, he pushed her back. She tripped and fell down the stairs. Kevin was charged with manslaughter and did seven years. Kevin sat distraught at the table and sipped his coffee in tears. His daughter had seen the whole thing. She testified at the trial and was sent to live with our parents. Kevin hadn't seen his daughter since he got out. I didn't blame him. He'd killed her mother in front of her. I imagine that would have been an awkward reunion. That night, I grabbed the new Terminator movie, hooked up my laptop to the television. As we watched the latest installment of shitty movie with decent special effects, there was a stabbing in my yard. 
After overhearing the police talking about the murders in my house, I made up my mind to head down the li- to the library and look through the newspaper archives for mentions of the murder. I went to the library with my wife and we dove into old newspapers and microfilm before finding mention of a murder at our address in a paper from about 10 years ago. Melissa Lamb, a local prostitute, and Jeremiah Jones, her pimp, had been found brutally murdered in the home. If anything, I planned to sue the hell out of my landlord for not telling me that there had been a death in the house. We wouldn't have rented it if we had known, and armed with that knowledge, I had every intention to move. Ghost or not, it didn't feel right to live in that house. My wife and I returned home to find all the lights off in the house. Sadie checked Emily's room and found it empty. I walked into the back room and saw Emily sitting in a pool of blood. She wasn't crying. She just stared at the love seat. Congealed blood pulled under the sofa. I picked Emily up and held her close. What happened, I asked. Emily sniffled. Uncle Kevin is in the couch. The ghost killed him, she whispered in my ear. She started bawling on my shoulder and I handed her off to my wife and told them to go outside. I called the police and they arrived shortly thereafter. While I stood in the kitchen giving my statement, I heard one of the officers open the hide-a-bed. He let out a loud, reaching, retching noise. John, you don't want to see this. Somebody folded the poor bastard up in the bed. It's gruesome. I poked my head around the corner to see my little brother bent up and contorted with a look of terror on his face. They loaded what was left of him into a gurney and took statements from me and my wife. With my family put up in a motel, I returned to the house to grab some of our belongings. The house reeked of blood and mold. We'd only been gone a few hours, but the whole house seemed like it had been abandoned for months. I went into Emily's room to grab some of her clothes and stuffed animals. I bent down to grab her stuffed poo, and when I came up, I saw what looked like a woman rushing at me. I jumped back in shock shock, and fell over a table Emily used for tea parties. I ran for the door. I didn't look back. I was in my car and down the road about half a mile before I caught my breath. I'm in the process of suing my landlord for not telling us about the deaths in the house. The police ruled Kevin's death a freak accident. My family and I are staying in a motel. Emily is only three, but I already have her scheduled to see a therapist. Sadie isn't talking to me very much right now. I tried to tell her what happened at the house and she cut me off halfway halfway through the story saying, I'm fucking done, Mike. I'm tired of all this creepy shit. Just shut up. I drove past the house yesterday. Everything was quiet, but I couldn't work up the courage to go inside. For a brief moment, I thought I saw my brother in the window. I didn't slow down enough to look again. I'm done with that house. I have half a mind to burn it to the ground. Fuck, I'd burn it down. I don't even know what the fuck. That was too much for me. Um, I love how the just the daughter was just chilling in a pool in of a blood. Pool of blood. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's cool. Normal. Totally normal behavior. Oh my god. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, well, 
I've got a got other a doozy, totally normal one. Fucking too? doozy, I tell ya. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna start this off by saying to protect their privacy, mm. Jan Foster and her family have agreed to tell their story on the condition of anonymity. So these names are not right. their actual names. Right. When Jan Foster comes face to face with her son's imaginary playmate, her world turns upside down. She seeks the power of ancient rituals, hoping to find the strength to save her son and cast out a demon hell-bent on possessing him. Jan knows every highway, street, and back road in western Kentucky. As a courier for a national delivery service, she's probably been there. Jan's husband, Dale, is a contractor for the U.S. Postal Service. They both work hard to provide a good life for their two children, 5-year-old Cody and 16-year-old Pamela. A nanny stays with Cody during the day, but usually leaves when Jan or Dale get home from work. One night, the nanny waits for Jan so she can speak with her in private. She tells her that Cody's been using some really bad language. So Jan's totally shocked because, in her words, they don't talk like that in their home. Uh, They were apparently unspeakable words. Cody would threaten the nanny, he defied her, he screamed at her, and they had no idea where he picked up the language. But there's more. The nanny tells Jan that Cody has been acting very strange. She suspects that he has an imaginary friend and she's very concerned about him. So Jan promises that she's going to talk to Cody. Mm -hmm. Jan gets home and puts Cody to bed when she asks him about his imaginary friend and asks for his name. Cody responds, man, just man. Jan asks, he doesn't have a real name like John or George. And he said, no, his name is man. And that's it. Most everybody has an imaginary friend at some point in their childhood, but Jan says that there wasn't any other kids around uh, around there at that age, so Cody was a loner, so like it makes sense that he would make up Ma- yeah. an imaginary friend. That night when Jan went to bed, she started hearing scratching noises, like fingernails raking across the walls. The next morning, she overheard her son in his room, actually carrying on a conversation with this invisible playmate. Mm-hmm. She says that it that the conversation was like, do you, you want to play? No, I don't want to play with that. No, let's not do that. He was hearing something and responding to it. She asked him who he was playing with. And he said, I'm playing with man. And she said, you've got to tell your friend to leave and come and get dressed. And he said he didn't want to. So he starts becoming like very defiant. Yeah. The friend was becoming a daily event. They thought that it was pretty basic behavior They tried to correct him with a verbal correction, and it didn't work. Jan started to really feel like they needed to hear the whole story about the imaginary friend, so she asks Cody to tell them more about him. Um, She started asking questions like, how old is he? He's six. Man has brown hair, brown eyes, and pale skin. Sorry, Cody is six. Yeah, okay. And then he responds, man has brown hair, brown eyes, and pale skin. Wait. Where did he come from? From behind the park where the lake is, deep in the ground. Did something happen to man? He said that a stranger took him from his mommy and did terrible, terrible things to him. And he cried and he cried and screamed for his mommy. But his mommy never found him and he never saw his mommy again. Yeah, it's a chilling story. A parent's worst nightmare. Yeah. After that, Jan and Dale try to understand what he's telling them. Um, they would keep asking him if man was dead and Cody just wouldn't answer them. So Dale and Jan are worried. Jan believes that their son has befriended the ghost of a murdered child, but Dale is not convinced. And Dale says, I wasn't really concerned that anything bad was going on. I just thought he's just going through a change of some kind. My way of thinking was it was something that he could have heard that he was repeating because I just didn't believe in that stuff. I just didn't. I didn't think it was anything to worry about. But Jan did. She thought there was way too much detail that her son was giving her about man. Mm -hmm. And it filled her with a feeling of dread to know that the ghost of this child was actually making his home with her son. Uh, So she's determined to find the truth. She ended up searching microfiche of the local newspaper to see if there was any child murders in the last 30 to 40 years. And there was nothing that corresponded with that. She felt that Cody had told them the truth and that this had been a little boy, 
but somewhere in the back of her mind was doubt Mm -hmm. because they weren't coming up with any evidence to support this. Jan says he didn't want us to tell, he didn't want to tell us stories. He didn't want to watch TV. He stopped interacting with the family. Man became his best friend and I was angry. We couldn't understand what he, uh, what was taking Cody's spirit away from us and changing him uh, so so drastically. Jan was willing to try anything to get her son back. So she calls in an old friend who was a Native American shaman, like a medicine man. Yeah. Who she thinks can provide some insight. Dale is skeptical about meeting the shaman, but wants to support his wife. Dale says, I was concerned because I knew that something had really scared her. And I knew that she was upset. I've seen this in our culture, even with children younger than Cody. Jan said, I told the shaman about the events that were happening in the house and how they were escalating, how distant Cody was, his language, his attitude, and this imaginary friend just possessing him. The shaman tells them that he believes their son invited a young spirit into their house. He explained that the only way to get rid of the spirit is to revoke the invitation by praying. And they had to be forceful when they forceful when they did this. And um, they had to use a traditional Native American ritual. Jan says he would not perform the ceremony himself. He said the owner of the house had to do this. He instructed us to burn sage and sweet grass and direct it around the four corners of the property. The shaman tells Jan that she must also anoint the entryways to the house with olive oil and pray for her son. The next morning, Jan waited until everyone left the house for the day. She hopes and prays that the ritual is going to work. So she says um, she was basically questioning, like, was I worthy enough of God for him to answer my prayers? My strongest pleas with him to help me through this, to help me cleanse this house and this property. I doubted myself for brief moments that I wouldn't be able to. And it was the fear of knowing that if it didn't work, what was going to happen after that? But apparently the blessing seems to work. Okay. There was no, there was no more imaginary playmate. Cody became more playful. He was more responsive to the family's needs. Everything was fine for about three months. He wasn't a hundred percent back, but everything was pretty like everything was going pretty well so jan felt that the ceremony helped Mm -hmm. uh when one day cody's in the hallway sitting down playing with his toys and making sound effects with his big trucks and cars jan is folding laundry and all of a sudden out of the blue he starts talking to man again Mm -hmm. and he carried on a little conversation for a little bit and then he got very very quiet and then jan like starts looking for him and she finds him and he had something in his hand, and it was a photograph. So she asked where he got it and goes to grab it. And then she said that her son just went fucking crazy, like screaming at her to give it back to him. Okay. Um, she looks at the picture. It looks like an older Polaroid from, like, the late 50s or early 60s. There was an elderly woman, like a grandmotherly type, and then there was a small boy. And she asked him who's in this picture, and he responded, man. And she asked, where did you get the picture? And he said, man gave it to me. Oh, my God. And she asked, is man dead, Cody? And he didn't respond. Then Cody starts becoming defiant again. He says that man told him that he doesn't have to listen to his parents anymore. And that he doesn't have to do anything that they tell tell him to. Jan says, an alarm went off in my head that this being was telling my son what to do now. Um, But she puts on a good face for the family. She says, I was the one experiencing most of his abusive behavior, and I was trying to cover it up and be rational. I was trying to be a mother. I was trying to keep the family together. I was hoping that maybe this would go away, but I knew at this point that Cody was not my son anymore. There was no love. There was no hugging. There was no goodnight kisses. So she's afraid that something more sinister may be controlling her son now. She says, he was a total stranger to me at this point. I really didn't know how to handle this. Around this time, I had to start taking him to a distant cousin to watch him while we worked. Because the nanny stopped. She was like, your kid yeah, can't come here yeah, anymore. Yeah. So she takes him there, drops him off, and tells him that man can't go with him, and she goes to work. Um, so she's working, and she receives an urgent phone call. It's her cousin. She was incoherent. She was crying, and she kept repeating, come and get Cody now. I can't watch him anymore. So she gets to the house and asks what happened. Her cousin says that she doesn't know. Her daughter is in a room freaking out and she's terrified. 
Jan says at first she thought that he was changing um, his voice, but then she noticed that it was a deeper voice. Uh, her cousin's daughter was freaking out and she noticed uh, and she notices that the toys are floating in the air. What? So I guess what had happened was the two cousins, like, or the, the cousin's daughter and mm-hmm. Cody are in a room together. Yeah. And she, like, the daughter heard this, like, deep voice and she thought it was Cody. And then she realized, like, yeah. it's not him talking. Right. And then all the, like, toys in the room started floating. Right. So the daughter starts freaking the fuck out. Um, Jan doesn't know what to do. She has to find someone to look after Cody and she can't afford to lose her job. So she finds a new daycare and she repeatedly tells him, do not take man to the house, leave him at home. So Cody agrees and keeps his promise, but at night, man waits for him to come home. Cody begins destroying his own toys. Um, So for his dad, Dale, the incident is disturbing, but not so unusual that it causes him to blame it on anything paranormal. Mm -hmm. Um, Cody was literally sitting on the floor. He had scissors and he's cutting up his teddy bears. And he is telling his parents that man told him it was okay to do this. Okay. So while Jen is telling her husband this, they can hear the cat meowing. So they go looking for it and they go into Cody's room and he's sitting on the cat. So they freak out and they ask him why he's doing that. Uh-huh. And he replies, man said it would be fun. So they tell him to never touch the cat again. Oh my like God. Like he's not allowed to touch their cat anymore. Jan says his demeanor became just horrible. I mean... Just frightfully horrible. I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown, trying to cope with all of this. I could not be rational anymore. We had finally come face to face that this boy had a problem. So she's afraid of what he's going to do next. One morning as Jan is cleaning, she notices that everything in Cody's closet is wet. She discovered that he had urinated all over his toys and his toy box, all over his clothes. Cody tells her, man says it's okay. Man said I don't have to listen to you anymore. Jan, I was becoming fearful of my son. Everything started happening and at such a fast pace. The behavior, the urinating, and trying to kill the cat. Finally, Cody ends up becoming frustrated um, with man. And Jan says that for that moment, she saw the little boy she had not seen in over a year. He was reaching out to her. Jan. I hadn't been able to hold him like that for a long time. I knew for that instant that man was not with him. I was ready co- to confront this being. I waited until he fell asleep in my arms. I got out of the bed and I stood in front of the doorway to his room. I wanted to know what this child was going through. I wanted to try and put myself in his place, in Cody's place. I wanted to see if man would somehow communicate with me. And sorry, I skipped over or I missed a part mm-hmm. that... What was going on was Cody was trying to sleep and man kept shaking his bed. So Cody gets up in the middle of the night and goes to see his mom. Uh And that's when she's like, okay, this is my son again. Like my son is Right, 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 right. So she's standing over. So she waits till Cody falls asleep in his own bed. She's with him in his bed. Yeah, okay. Um, And he falls asleep. And so she's standing over her, her sleeping kid in his bed. When his body starts growing into this entity. Excuse me? And he starts laughing demonically. Oh my God. Yeah. Jam. The sudden realization came over me that this was man. The entity picks her up and she started Mm. screaming. Her husband walks into the room just as she's placed back down. I calmed the family down as best as I could. I told them to go back to bed. Cody put his little hand in mine and he was squeezing it reassuringly. And he was looking at me as if to say, see, it wasn't me. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I saw a man. I understand it now. Oh my God. And we held each other for a very long time. And I felt that at that moment, with that powerful love around us, that man could not intervene. Jesus. Later that night, while her family was asleep, Jan prays for guidance. I was frightened beyond means, but another part of me was, drill- was drilling and started surging. I knew I have to face this. I knew I needed to do something to protect my family and to protect Cody and to keep this entity from taking him any further. Jan considers packing up the family. In her heart, she knows it's not going to do anything because man follows Cody. He followed her to her cousins. Right. He followed her to daycare. Right. Him to daycare. Jan says, I got everybody off to work and school. I got Cody to the daycare and I called the shaman for help. She tells him it's not a little boy. It's a man. It's a demon. Mm -hmm. And he in turn told Jan that now he can understand why the first time they blessed the house, it didn't work. Um, He says they weren't specific enough. We thought we were dealing with the spirit of a small child. And that's what we were asking to leave the home. The shaman tells her that she will have to bless the house again. Only this time she must focus on ridding the house of an evil spirit. After her first failure, Jan wonders if she can do it alone. She says, I'm just a mom, albeit I have a very strong spiritual side, but I'm not a priest. I'm not a shaman. I was just a mom and I was fighting for my family. The shaman tells Jan she's going to have to be very forceful with her prayers. She cannot show any doubt. She got the olive oil and the sage and the sweet grass. She started out on the four corners of the property And in the back of her mind, she's thinking, am I going to be attacked? She was in constant prayer and she felt as she went along doing the blessing and the house cleansing that she was becoming stronger, she was becoming braver, and she was becoming more confident. Jan, I was feeling a much needed essence of peace. I finished the outside and I came to the front door. It was very cold in here, extremely cold, and I could feel a presence. And then she could hear like a low moaning. Um, I thought, are the windows going to break? Is the house going to shake? I felt at times that I was just going to lose it. I repeatedly asked for strength to finish this, to ban the entity from our home. When she finishes the blessing, man is finally gone and she can feel it. I was exhausted. I could see the world again. It was like a veil had been lifted, a dark veil of pain and confusion. I noticed the trees. I could hear the birds and I was back to reality. The nightmare was over. Jan Foster finally has her son back. Jan says that he ran to her saying, mommy, look what I drew. Look what I did. And I remember holding him and just crying and crying again, giving thanks to God. We still feel things around here. Mm -hmm. We still experience the noises, the feeling of someone watching you. When things do happen around here, the first thought that runs through my mind is that this could be man trying to get into our lives again. Jeez, Louise. That one was fucking wild, too. Like, I don't... They were both wild tales. They were both really wild tales. Yeah. Anyway. Fucking kids. Kids, kids yeah. They see something. I was like, fucking imagine. I swear to God, (laughs) if I have kids and they're like, oh my God. They're like clairvoyant and shit. I'm going to be like, cool. Like, let's see what this thing is. Because if it's evil... Let's get it the fuck out of here now. Yeah. Well, while I was researching the wrong thing, I came across stuff about indigo children and crystal children, which are basically like psychic kids and like they see shit. And honestly, even though I didn't have an imaginary friend, I do think that when I was younger, like I, I did, I think I still kind of 
have this, but like I would dream things that would happen before they would happen. Yo, I used to do that too. All the time. All the time. And I'm yeah. not saying I'm, ind- I'm an indigo child, but like I'm not saying you're I not. might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might be. I might be. Okay. Anyway. I'm going to read the hometown. Yeah, you do that. This one is from Jamie. She sent this to me on Instagram. Yeah. She says, hey, Marie and Nicolina, while I was at work today, we were talking about paranormal experiences we've all had. My grandmother passed away a month ago, and while we were in the hospital saying our goodbyes, my sister, cousin, and I were in the room together while my parents waited outside of the room, and I said I felt an energy in the room, and I felt like it was our grandpa. And seconds later, my cousin said she saw a faint gray smoke slash fog in the corner of the room. And I told her that's where I felt the energy come from. Early the next morning, my grandmother passed away. Hmm. I think she was waiting for everyone to come and say goodbye. And my grandpa was waiting for her. I thought you guys might like this story. You don't have to share the story if you don't feel the need to. Keep up the great work. I love your podcast. Jamie from Buffalo, New York. Cool. Well, guess what, Jamie? We fucking shared it. Yeah, we shared it. And it was a nice, like... It was, yeah. It was a sweet story after these terrifying tales. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we needed something just kind of... I mean, it's sad as well, but also yeah. not scary. Well, it's, like, sweet that they were all there with her. Yeah. And that her grandpa probably escorted her yeah. to the other side. That's nice. For all sure. Right. Are you guys ready for some fuck Mary kill? Yeah, this one's weird, though. What? Or fuck Mary Kill this time. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I feel about it, but <laughs> we're doing it. We're too far into this we're now. way too far gone. What are we going to do? No, um, we're doing it. We decided we were going to pick characters that children believe are real. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'll go first. Okay. So fuck Mary or kill. Mm-hmm. The Tooth Fairy. Mm-hmm. The Easter Bunny. Or the boogeyman. Oh, shit. Um, oh, I'm going to be honest. I was petrified of the Easter Bunny as a child. Like, petrified. Really? Yes. Why? You know, like, yeah. Like, one time, my uncle dressed up as, dressed up as the Easter Bunny, and I fucking screamed bloody murder and ran around. <laughs> like, I was petrified. They had to shut the blinds. I was like, shut the blinds? Because he was outside laying eggs. And I had to, they had to shut the blinds because I was like, fuck this shit. Get that motherfucker out of here. I'm literally picturing you at your mom's house, like, shrunken down yep. to, like, three feet tall, <laughs> running around the kitchen yeah. table screaming. Yeah, basically. It was my aunt's house, but it was basically what was happening, yeah. And she had these sliding doors, and I was, like, holding the sliding door closed. I was like, don't let him in! Don't let him in, guys! True fucking story, okay? So, even though I'm going to kill the boogeyman. Nicolina is fucking making a cross out of her arms (laughs) to ward off the Easter Bunny. I'm literally picturing the tiniest Nicolina, like, holding the sliding door screaming to close the box. Yeah, that... That's basically how it went. That's I haven't, so my face really funny. hasn't changed since I was four. That is so. so fucking funny. I feel like we should take this out as an audio clip and post it <laughs> on, put it on something on Paranormal as some content. Um, yeah. For our next promo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Easter Bunny. Um, oh, oh fuck. no. Are you going to kill the boogeyman and keep the Easter Bunny alive? I guess. I have to. Oh, my God. But I don't want to. So I guess I'm going to marry the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Even though I hate him. (laughs) And then I'm going to kill the Boogeyman because that's even scarier. Yeah, it is. And then I'm going to have sex with uh, the Tooth Fairy. The Tooth Fairy, for sure. Good for you. 100%. Yeah, I'm down with that. Those answers. Yeah. I'm okay. I would probably have... Married the Tooth Fairy and had sex with the Easter Bunny because I'm not afraid of the Easter Bunny. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. (laughs) So fucking funny. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad you chose that one for me. (laughs) I'm Um, so glad too. I didn't know that story when I 
Yeah, no, I don't tell that story very often. To be <laughs> yeah, I don't. You I don't like to show my weakness like that. But seriously, if someone funny. was to if someone was to show up at my door right now dressed as the Easter Bunny, best believe I would be fucking out my back door in my car with my dog out the fucking you. This is your house now. Never coming back. I'm dying. I'm dead ass serious. I am dead fucking serious about this. Like you have no idea. Like I might vomit even I'm picturing this. Somebody coming to the door dresses like oh, oh, it's honestly the scariest fucking thing. Oh. Honestly. So Donnie Darko was the scariest oh, shit for me. Fucking, yeah, that would be fucking terrifying. <laughs> I'm nauseous. Oh my god. Okay, moving along. Okay. Fuck Mary Kill. Mm-hmm. Santa. Right. Cupid. Got it. Slenderman. Slenderman's gonna die. Slenderman's dead. Slenderman's dead. Yeah, <laughs> I for sure. Kill Slenderman. Yeah. Um, how big Fuck is Cupid? Cupid? How big is he? Like, is he like a tiny cherub? I guess so. That I'm marrying him. Yeah, you gotta marry. Santa. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel cherub. like Santa has like some, like some sex appeal. Yeah, like there's definitely, people definitely have a Santa king. Uh, absolutely. Like there's, there's a hundred percent. I'm not sure. I have seen porns with Cupid. I was going to Cupid. Say, yeah, yeah. There's but definitely Santa. But porn. there's like during Christmas time, Pornhub is just yeah, Santa, Santa porn. Santa, Santa, Santa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I'm not promoing Pornhub on this podcast. I am. <laughs> Are we getting paid? Because <laughs> Pornhub pay us. Okay. I know you've got the budget. Fuck you, pay me. Yeah. So yeah, I'm down for that. That's so those answers funny. by you. Thank you so much for that. That one was a little bit easier. Yeah. Truthfully, I want to kill Easter Bunny. I don't know. I think yours was pretty easy too. Because yeah, yes. But that's really fucking funny. Fucking Easter Bunny. Imagine though having a wedding with the Easter Bunny because you married him. Oh. You'd have to stand there and no. say vows to him. Runaway bride. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm just gonna sign these papers at the courthouse so it's official and then fuck Yeah, off. we done we done here. Oh my god. Okay. Um, so that was our episode of Paranormal. Um, I think we have to like address some things. Yeah, so we do. We're gonna be dropping Can I Call You soon. Yeah. As soon as iTunes, iTunes approves us. And then we're going to be it sorry. might actually be out by the time this airs it might be yeah actually yeah but yeah so that's exciting news you can follow paranormal on instagram it's at paran paranormal pod underscore or is it just at paranormal pod the paranormal instagram? pod i'm gonna read it's just paranormal pod is it okay yeah you can follow paranormal on instagram it's at paranormal pod you can follow us on twitter at ParanormalPod underscore. Yes. Uh, you can also follow Can I Call You for updates of when we're going to be posting our first episode. It's at Can I Call You Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Or you and you can follow both of our personal Instagrams. Mine is at Splendora underscore. My mine's at Nicolina Savelli. And that's for our Twitter and our Instagram. And you can send use. us your questions. So you can. First of all, send us your hometown haunts. Yeah. To our uh, Gmail Gmail account, which is paranormalpod at gmail.com. And uh, you can also email us your uh, questions that you want advice on um, to our can I call you email address, which, which is, is can I call you pod? Can I call you pod at gmail.com? Yeah. Um, and I think. That's all that we. Yeah. Also, rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah. If you guys could start rating, reviewing, and subscribing, that'd be great. Yeah. This is quality, and (laughs) (laughs) this is quality content we're providing you. I just spit all over myself and Marie there. But most, most, the most I think effective one is to review it, to write a quick review. Absolutely. Because I think that's what gets you like noticed on iTunes, at least. Yeah. For a fact. Literally yeah. just go fucking review a thumbs up emoji. That's it. And give yeah. us five stars only. And like just share it. or like share with your friends too. You know what? That's the other thing we never tell them to do. Share tell, with your friends. Tell, 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 tell your friends about us. We're so fun. Yeah. Like you guys, 
they would have the best time with us too. Don't you? Okay. Don't you? <laughs> don't you guys have the best time with us? Come on. All right. Um, okay, great. Well, that's our episode of Paranormal. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. Stay spooky. As showbiz, baby. Oh. Mix it up. <laughs> don't stage dive at Nora Jones. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.